So it is a rainy morning in May, but we have enjoyed some beautiful spring weather, haven't we? Truly. We all just kind of want to get outside and enjoy that, even with uh, the pollen that's been plaguing us, floating around in the air. So all of the coughing, the sneezing, the itchy, watery eyes, the runny nose, says, welcome to springtime in Virginia. So today on this third Sunday of Easter, that gospel lesson takes us outside as well. The risen Lord Jesus Christ meets his disciples in the early morning at the seashore and has breakfast with them. And that is the backdrop for the message this day based on that gospel lesson entitled Going Fishing and Tending Sheep. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching, the hearing, and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. First, we'll focus on going fishing. As the children's message pointed out, spring is a time when lots of folks head out in the hope of catching that big one. Anybody interested in fishing out there in the congregation? No hands whatsoever. Okay. Well, I'm not much of a fisherman either, although I've gone fishing different times in my life. You have to be patient when you go fishing, right? And for some people, very relaxing, very enjoyable. For others, not so much. Boring and no fun at all. This is the image most of us have when we go fishing with the rod and the reel. But that's not what the fishermen in the New Testament era were all about. At least four of Jesus' disciples were fishermen by trade, right? Two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew, and James and John. And the fishing they did on the Sea of Galilee was like this, casting out those great nets into the water to bring in shoals of fish. So in today's gospel lesson, Peter announces, I'm going fishing. And the other disciples chime in, well, we'll go with you. But what I wonder is why did Peter want to go fishing? Maybe he just needed to clear his head after everything had happened with Jesus' suffering and death and resurrection. Or maybe money was tight. Peter needed to make some money to pay some bills, and selling fish would certainly help to do that. Or maybe all of this was just too much, and Peter was on the verge of packing it in, ready to go back to what was familiar, fishing versus being a disciple of Jesus. Well, Scripture does not tell us the why behind the fishing trip, only that it was unsuccessful. And as the children's message pointed out, they toiled all night long, caught nothing. And sometimes it's like that when you go fishing. We can imagine how disappointed and frustrated they were. And then, as day was breaking, they're headed in. There's this lone figure on the shore who calls out to them, children, do you have any fish? Now the question here is asked in such a way as 
to expect a negative response. And that is not reflected in the wording that we have in the gospel lesson. It should read something like, you didn't catch any fish, did you? And that would make more sense. That's how Jesus was asking that question that John records, followed by the dejected reply, no. You just can, can't hear that, can't you? You didn't catch anything, did you? No. <laughs> and then this person who's on the beach, who wasn't with them in the boat all night long, who wasn't handling all of those nets, tells them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll catch some. It would have been very easy for them to just sort of blow that off and say, what are you talking about? We were there all night, we didn't catch anything. But they did as instructed and they miraculously haul in this net of fish. And not just any fish, we're told, but large fish, 153 of them. I find that point really kind of amazing. I would have just said, there's a whole bunch of fish. But somebody meticulously went through and counted every one of them, 153 of them. And so that disciple whom Jesus loved, who is John, the author of the gospel that bears his name, tells Peter, it's the Lord. And Peter, being Peter, jumps out of the boat and he's got to be the first one into shore and meet Jesus. And there on the shore is a breakfast of bread and fish that's ready for the hungry disciples. Fishing can hold lots of surprises. We're told this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he'd been raised from the dead. The first was on Easter evening when Jesus came to the disciples who were behind locked doors when Thomas was not with them. And the second, eight days later, when Jesus again comes to the disciples behind locked doors, this time Thomas was with them. And this then is Jesus' third resurrection appearance. So that's going fishing. Now let's focus on tending sheep. Springtime is lambing season if you are uh, someone who tends sheep a very, very busy time. And in today's gospel lesson, after that breakfast on the beach, Jesus has this conversation with Peter. Very important conversation. Three times Jesus asks Peter if he loves him, and Peter replies <clears throat> that he does. And three times Jesus tells Peter, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. But why? What's the point here? Think back to Jesus' arrest and his trial before the high priest and the 
ruling council there in Jerusalem three times bystanders who were with Peter in the courtyard of the high priest confronted him and said, hey, you were with him, right? You're one of his disciples, right? And three times Peter denied ever knowing Jesus. All of this fulfilled what Jesus told Peter would happen. Peter boasted, Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus tells him, truly I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. And now, Everyone is on the other side of Jesus' arrest and trial, on the other side of his suffering and death and resurrection. So the elephant in the room here is Peter's denial. Even after Jesus' blessed words on that first Easter evening when he came into the midst of his disciples, when Peter was there, Jesus said, peace be with you. This denial thing is unresolved, still sort of hanging in the air. And here at the beach, after breakfast, Jesus restores Peter with a threefold commission. Jesus asks him three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, our English translation doesn't convey the original meaning. Jesus, two of those three times, uses a different word than Peter does. Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And he's asking Peter if he loves him with the same sacrificial, self-giving love that God loves us. In Jesus, that's the word for love that Jesus uses here. But Peter and his reply is different. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter replies saying, yes, he loves Jesus with a friend-to-friend -friend kind of love. He doesn't say that he loves Jesus with this same sacrificial, self-giving love that Jesus demonstrated for him. And here's the thing, none of us do. Like Peter, we have all denied Jesus through what we have done and through what we have left undone. We've all denied Jesus through our words and through our actions, and yet, Jesus still loves us with this same sacrificial, self-giving love that moved Jesus to go to the cross and offer his life for each and every one of us as payment for all of our sins. Friends, this is the good news of Jesus. It is the heart of our Christian faith. It is the center of the gospel, this thing called grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. We don't earn it, and we sure don't deserve it. 
but God graciously gives it to us anyway. His undeserved love and forgiveness in Jesus. Like Peter, whatever mistakes, whatever denials, whatever sins we've made in the past, Jesus is more than ready to restore us. And in fact, he has already done that through his sacrifice of love on the cross. So the image here is of St. John's first youth confirmation class in 1959, May 17, 1959, almost exactly 60 years ago. The photo wasn't taken here at church. Anybody venture where it was taken? Exactly, Franconia Elementary School just down the street. Our congregation didn't yet have its first unit uh, for worship completed. That would take place in the next month in June of 1959, our current fellowship hall. And now 60 years later, another group of young men and women today will reaffirm their baptismal vows in the rite of confirmation. And what Jesus said to Simon Peter, he says to each of our confirmands, do you love me? Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Now whether our confirmation was 60 or more years ago or whether it will be today, the same risen Lord Jesus Christ wants nothing more of us than that we love him as he loves us deeply and sincerely, sacrificially from the heart. In response to Jesus' saving love for us, Jesus calls us, as he did Peter, to tend and feed his sheep. Now, we often think that we're only on the receiving end of that feeding, of that tending, but the truth is all of us by virtue of our baptism into Christ's death and resurrection, we have responsibility to care for and to tend the flock of Christ. As we have received, so are we to give generously, freely, joyfully. May our risen Savior open our eyes and our hearts and minds to see how we can, all of us, feed and tend the lambs who belong to him who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. May our Lord help each one of us to do that as we join Jesus on his mission in daily life until by his grace we join that multitude which no one can number in the song of heaven to him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound and blameless 
at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen.